Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. On this episode, you'll hear from Tara Vining. She is a speech-language pathologist in private practice who has built her practice with school contracts. She prides herself on being relatively debt-free and being money smart. And she talks about her recommendations for not only getting some free services to help with your business, free consulting services, and also how to think about your mindset and personal development as you start to grow as a private practitioner. So with no further ado, here's Tara. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. All right, so before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Yes, my name is Tara Vining, and I live in New Philadelphia, Ohio, and the name of my private practice is called Televine Therapy. Fantastic. I am so excited to get to know you better and to help you share your story of being a private practitioner and your journey to private practice. So can you take our listeners back to the very beginning of your career as a pathologist? Where were you working, like, say, during your CF or thereafter? So I graduated from Misericordia University in Dallas, Pennsylvania. It's kind of near Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And after that, I decided to do travel contract therapies because I wanted to travel. So it was really, really fun. So I started off in Virginia, kind of near the beach, not Virginia Beach, but a little bit up from that, like Astigue. And I had a pretty high caseload of children. I think it was around... Not, yeah, 95 kids. Uh, yeah, my CF with also like English as a second language is very common there. So a lot of Spanish speaking. So it was a really good dive into all these different disorders of all different age levels. And I had my schools were about 45 minutes apart that I was seeing three different schools. So I had all age levels. Youngest age that I had there was two two and a half years old. And obviously I did all the way to the high school. So 
that was a lot. And then I had in my CF, I did, I, I had a whole school district in Pennsylvania and I was in charge of pretty much running the whole department. And then I had, it was 110 kids. I was in charge of all the paperwork. Yes, it was very significant on my caseload. So I had the whole school district when I had two teletherapists that worked through a company and did some of the treatments to help me with treatment, but I still had to do all the paperwork. So I got a really, really good dive into speech during my CF. And then I got an opportunity to go to Hawaii after that, after I finished, I did nine months in a school in Hawaii. I also did home health there. So it was really, really awesome to get all that school experience. And, and I did some home health and also I've done PRN in the nursing homes. And then after a while, after 11 months, I decided to come back and I did some work doing teletherapy. So I kind of have been in all settings, which made it nice. And then one day I was with a travel company and I was doing a maternity leave in Ohio. Um, my husband's job moved from Pennsylvania to Ohio. And she's like, I don't like the travel company, but we like you. If you start your own business, we'll hire you every year. And they have. So yeah, so that's how that got started. I was 25, created my own business. And yeah, it's been since September 2014 that I've had my business now. That's fantastic. So it sounds like for you, you got started with this just because an opportunity fell into your lap. Yeah, pretty much, which is crazy awesome. Which is crazy. I always am fascinated, and this is part of the fun of this podcast, is to figure out how people got into private practice, right? Because some people are like, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to have a business. And then there's other people who say like, nope, that wasn't really in the plans. An opportunity fell into my lap. So did you ever think about private practice or would, did this just kind of like blindside you and you went with it? Well, I've actually didn't realize it until I got more into private practice that I've been doing business ever since I was in college. I didn't mean it, but I kind of fell into network marketing in college. Like I got asked to do different, you know, network marketing. And then I, when I was in Hawaii, I, I remember I was doing like a different network marketing company that I did really, really well in. The cool thing about it was I got put in front of a lot of big players in business through those network marketing companies because they kind of have the money to do so. That gave me all like the sales knowledge, marketing, all that stuff, all those years, I kind of was just doing it, but for another company. But my passion was always speech. Like I was doing great in these companies, although I was still doing speech and, you know, doing these companies on the side. But really, I was like, everybody in those companies kind of wanted to walk away from their jobs. Whereas I didn't really want to walk away from my job. I loved my job. I still love it. I love speech. So I'm like, why am I not just doing this with speech? Because I love speech and, and it's my passion. And that's what they say. You should do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. So I guess like, yeah, it did kind of fall into my lap. But at the same time, I've been working on that craft for many, many years before I started the business. That makes sense. No, so. and that makes total sense. And sometimes, you know, different experiences in our lives are preparing us for something and we yeah. don't always know what that something is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's pretty amazing because it's interesting to me because always, you know, sometimes I think for us, it's like certain people, it's like, well, the sales is the hard part. There's different things that are hard, but that part for me is not the hard part. You know, the sales part for me is luckily it's not the hard part. I am very fortunate though, because I've, 
you know, I've talked to other people and I'm in an area where there's not a private practice for another 45, 40 minutes away from me. So I do have that. I mean, there's hospitals and there's definitely, there is like competition in some ways, but there's no private practice. Okay. So you started this one opportunity that kind of fell into your lap and then like what happened after that? So what happened after that is they decided to hire me every year. So I do private practice, but then actually the main percentage of my business is schools right now, just because it's very consistent and it takes up a lot more of my time right now. And that's just kind of how it's working out and how it's fell into my lap. But I still take, I still have outpatient clients as well. My business is more, it's still more schools. It just kind of happened that way. It hasn't changed which for me, it's been profitable. So I'm feeling very lucky. But what happened then is that school decided to hire me every year since starting my business to work during the extended school year. So as far as I know, no one else does extended school year here. So I get all the extended school year contracts in my county. So yeah, well, not all, most of the schools in the county, I shouldn't say all of them, but pretty much all of them. So that's really great for me. And then during the school and then, after that, pretty much, I would just do, like, I would fill in for maternity leaves or anything like that. What happened from 2014, though, I didn't go full-time yet into my private practice. So what I did was I said I knew I needed to get into a nursing home and only be a PRN because the only way I could build my practice and be able to leave at certain times and stuff like that is if I was PRN, but I was doing PRN full-time. So it was really nice because I was at the same nursing home doing PRN, but I could leave whenever I wanted, then would see a client for school on Tuesdays. So it was very little that I was doing. And then that just grew over time. And then I got to the point two and a half years ago where I decided to go all in. I'm not doing the nursing homes anymore. I kind of got to a place where I was getting really not tired of nursing homes, but it was just like God, like let you know, or like, you know, you just feel it. And I had recent surgery. It wasn't nothing too serious, but it was enough that I needed time off. And I was just like, after the surgery, I'm like, I'm not going back. I'm just not going back. And then within the next two weeks, I had a full week's contract in schools. And I was like, okay, we're doing this. And it was just with like one meeting led to another meeting. Someone knew somebody that needed another speech therapist and and kind of got me connected with all the schools. So then I got contracts doing like certain days in certain schools. And right now it's led up to where I do. I Last year I had seven school districts. This year I only have two, but it sounds like it's less, but it actually is more because I was doing like maternity leaves and doing another maternity leave. And it was a lot running around and it was a lot further. Sometimes I was running an hour and a half, like an hour and 10 minutes away for a school, but It was just because I wanted to get my name out there. So kind of putting in the work now. But now I have a school that's only 20 minutes for me. And then I have another school that's an hour for me. And then I do extended school years. So, and then I have after outpatient clients in the evening sometimes. So, but that caseload is not so big right now because I'm really focused on these schools. So, yeah. That sounds great. It sounds like you're a busy woman. Yeah, it, it is, but it's actually interesting because I don't feel as busy as it used to be because I was like, you know, last year was a little crazy and we were going so far, but yeah, I mean, I guess I definitely am busy. It's just, 
for me, this is less busy for me, which is nice. Everybody who knows me knows I'm like always going. So <laughs> this is like, like, oh my gosh, have something 20 minutes for me is great. So, Well, it's nice to, as you said, move from, you know, seven down to two and then to be able to stay there for longer yes. day versus kind of running around like a chicken with your head cut off maybe and then losing that travel time. Right. Exactly. It was only for shorter, t- like, amounts of time. You know, it was great, but, you know, sometimes it was, it's just what we had to do to fill in and get our name out there. And we're still trying to get our name out there. That's the biggest thing is, I think for us, a lot of people don't know about this yet. It's really good being in the schools because you get, you know, a lot of moms then knowing about you, which I think is really good. Moms, moms are usually the shoppers, the ones who decide. So I think it's good for them to know about us. But even like in the schools, like I'll go and some of the boys are like, we've never even heard of you. But like, I'll be, I've been at the school now six years, just I was like in the background doing extended school year, but they're like, we've never heard of you. So it's just still, you know, growing and we've only been doing it really full time for two and a half years. So it's going to take that time, you know, to really get our name out there. So, yeah. I mean, keep going, right? Because, yeah. you, know, you know, what do they say that you have to hear about something like, I don't know, seven times or 11 times, I forget about, you know, before you make a buying decision, right? So before yeah. a brand or before a company really gets on your radar and you can remember the name of it, or you remember that they exist or whatever, it does take multiple times of hearing about it, right? right. But I really, I like what you're talking about in terms of, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that you've really grown your practice because of these school contracts. Yes, definitely. And that's why the initial reason we got on this podcast is I said, I don't have any debt in the business. And I really feel like the reason that has occurred is, I mean, I feel like I've had, definitely I put some, like there was some, you know, money up front in the beginning that I had to put in, but I did it over time. I didn't really spend like crazy. I did it as I felt we needed it. And I was really, really choosy on like assessments for some assessments you can get like articulation assessments. Just I'm using one right now. It's an iPad one. I think it's like 70 bucks. So for Artic, you know, I'm kind of really, I like to call it, you know, money smart and I really watch that money and I'm really, really good about what we choose. I don't, I don't just think about me when we make a decision, we make it as a company. It's not just me making it. I let the, you know, my employees in and let them have a say in it. And I think two heads are better than one or more than that. So, and I'm always thinking about them and what I can give back to them as well. So the more the business has, you know, the better it is. And I think that's the one thing with school contracts. It's really made it nice. And I'm very thankful to them for that, their loyalty and everything because of their consistency and, you know, always having a pretty much good seven and a half, eight hours of work each day, five days a week, or even some days it was only four days a week, but still that has really made it to where I have, you know, there's not cancellations really, unless there's a snow day, you know, and usually they get made up. So, you know, that makes it really nice. And I get to have breaks too. the school. I still follow the school schedule, even with my practice. So it makes it just really nice. And I feel like because of this relationship and what we've done, I feel like that's why I'm in a position where we are debt-free and very flow um, positive. Yeah. Well, and that makes such a, a difference for you, for your like, you know, state of mind and, you know, for feeling yeah. like, you know, you, 
you know where the money is coming from. And when you have contracts, you literally know what your cash flow is going to be for that month, right? I would yeah. imagine it's, I mean, it's a contract, so it's consistent. Yeah, it is pretty consistent. And the way mine work, it's not like seven and a half hours, like each day or whatever, because, you know, we have IEPs and stuff. So I do like a rolling over, but there is like, it is somewhat, you know, you never know when you're going to have a crazier month or maybe something happens. So sometimes it does fluctuate a little, but not too much. I mean, like, you know, what you're going to kind of generate that month or I, usually on the daily, I know what I'm making. So that kind of makes, you know, it's kind of a roundabout, but I kind of know. So yeah, you're right. It is coming in the same pretty much consistently and that makes it nice. Well, I think that for people who are worried about the financial aspect of private practice, Mm -hmm. the idea of, you know, starting lean and starting as debt-free as possible and then, you know, really trying to build in consistency. If you're the kind of person who gets nervous about inconsistency and there's lots of people who feel that way school contracts is a or any kind of contracts they can also be with nursing homes it could be yeah with day habs you know there's other places to get contracts but you know having that more steady income i think can help people for like peace of mind but i really like what you said about being you know careful and and choosy with your money because you know, you can start a private practice and spend a ton of money to get started. You absolutely can do that. You can. (laughs) But you don't have to do that. And there are ways to protect yourself and protect your business and your practice and not do that from the beginning and invest in things smartly, you know, as needed for your practice. Right. And exactly. And I do think like there's obviously there's a lot of people out there that will help you. A thing that really helped me I use like score mentors. So I don't know. So I really like those for business. I got set up with a free mentor who also set me up with a guy who really helped me with like looking over my finances and like set up things like that all for free. They also set me up with a marketing person. So the small business bureau here, like downstairs, actually, I'm actually in my office right now so but downstairs they set you up with all that so I think it's really good to lean on those all over you know and then have someone like you to mentor because not everybody really understands like this speech part of it and I think it's really good to have that you know because you can have all these things but really investing in a coach is going to be where where you can get further and really knows what the profession is and how to get you from A to Z and maybe not make as many mistakes. Yeah. That's my whole job or what I see as my role is to help people be more successful quicker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I can shorten the timeline of when people would be able to do it themselves, like that's the whole point. Like let's help people get up and running faster and quicker and better than they would be able to do on their own. Right, exactly. And that's important. That's really important. Yeah. Well, and, and SCORE that you mentioned, so I think SCORE.org is yes. our website, and it stands for Service Corps of Retired Engineers. And it's a small business administration funded, I don't know, program of people who are retired business executives who are now volunteering their time. They have offices and chapters all over the U.S., They give free services, free trainings, free workshops, 
And so, you know, Tara's been able to take advantage of this. I did. I had a score advisor early on. I remember I went to either two or three sessions. The first one was amazing. The second one was terrible. Only oh. because the person just had no, I think that maybe he had been, I don't remember, like, let's just say like in the restaurant industry or whatever, something that was nothing like private practice. And it just like, he couldn't quite come around to what I was talking about. So that's where I like what you said, Tara, about having like business education that, you know, is broad and is, you know, adaptable to any kind of businesses, but to also get, you know, mentoring or advice or education from people who are specifically in our field, you know, because we know what we know and, you know, they know what they know. Right, exactly. My score mentors are amazing. Um, they worked at Goodyear for a lot of years, worked, and they worked with so many brilliant companies. I can't even believe like I'm in their like profile. They say, they sit, tell me so many great compliments, but I'm very hard on myself. So like, they're like, you're doing amazing. And I'm like, okay, as long as you say so, because you know, they're, they know what they're talking about. So to be around people that are in that like-minded people and to be in that portfolio with them and them giving me advice, like they give these multi-million dollar you know, they have these clients that have multi-million dollar businesses to be around, surrounded by them. They know what they're talking about. You know, if you just follow what they say and you follow what like you're saying to your clients, you're in good hands and you need to, can't just, just put it all on you and just try to like make a go of it. You need to really reach out and you need to spend that money because I'll tell you what, I had a business coach a long time ago when I was in network marketing and he was amazing. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing we need to invest in is personal growth in ourselves. And that's something I've done since I think I was 20. I don't know. And so it's been a lot of years now since I've been 20. But, you know, I just think doing that really changed my life a lot. It changed, you know, he helped me in my personal life and then also in my professional life. And I got to be surrounded by you know, he did an event every year and I got to be surrounded by a lot of different people. And I think that really grows your mind. It grows your perspective on things and it really makes you think differently. And I think that's something we just get in the habit of doing everyday life. And then we forget to invest back in ourselves and even doing some personal growth. And I think that's really what has really shaped, been the overall shaping for me. And I think my business and really kind of how I relate to people and things like that. And actually is, I feel has made my business successful. Yeah. Do you have any books or recommendations for people who have maybe been thought leaders that you've really followed and gotten a lot out of? Oh, well, there's so many. Jeffrey Combs was a mentor I was talking about. I really like him. He's just really done a lot in my life. And he does have some books on like how to... I like how to do sales and how to do every, all this different stuff. I think his website is golden, golden mastermind. I might have to look that up, but yeah, Jeffrey Combs. I think it's golden mastermind seminars, but he's like really great. So I have to give a shout out to him. I'm definitely one of those who've kind of listened to John Maxwell, Tony Robbins, you know, kind of all of them. Uh, Susan Sly is really good too. She's amazing. She is someone that I've listened to. And as a woman, she really teaches you how to stay organized in business and stuff like that and really grow a really big network. And 
I think she's just an amazing example for women to how to grow an empire. And she just kind of does it all. She's like the have it all woman. So she's great. So I don't know. I think I kind of follow like the main personal development people. Kind of read all the books or, well, there's always more to read, but you know, I'm always like audio booking and stuff. So, um, well, you have to use of your time, right? If you're, yeah. especially when you were going between all these contracts and whatnot, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So I would just like put it in my car and and just listen to it. Danny Johnson was another one. Like she has a really good one about personality uh, types. It's called Gems, and it's really cool to learn about that because if you can learn about how to communicate in someone's personality type and the things they like to hear then you can relate to them better and things like that. So it was kind of cool. Like something I learned from her was like, also if someone's like taking a drink, you know, then you want to take a drink and it actually makes them feel closer to you. So I thought that was really cool of how you do like nonverbals, you know, and how you can actually though in like a business conversation or just when you're getting to know somebody that that makes them feel closer to you and things like that. So just little tips like that, I guess. Well, just, and for people listening, like this is nothing we learn in graduate school. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. No. Right. So if you're going to run a business, we obviously learned all about speech stuff when we were in grad school. Right. But yeah. when it comes to private practice, it's on us to learn that stuff so that we can, you know, run a solid private practice, have all your ducks in a row, have everything, you know, legally set up and everything. But I think what, you're, what Tara's talking about, about personal development, is really helping you think outside of yourself and think about what is possible for you. And, you know, that's one of the goals of this podcast is to interview lots of different private practitioners from all over the place. And what my goal is, is to show you listeners what is possible for you, right? What Tara has done with school contracts is one option. There are a lot of different other options, but had she not, had you, sorry, Tara, back to talking to you, had you not like done that personal development stuff to say, you know what, I can do this. You know, I've been trained to do one thing, but sure enough, if I don't have the confidence yet, I'm going to find a way to build it and see what's possible for myself, my career, my community, my family based on this private practice and sticking with the speech stuff that I really like. Right, exactly. And I think the biggest thing, like if anybody could get from being and listening to this podcast, I'm with you, Jenna. I think people should go for it. Definitely just go for it. I actually didn't think twice about when I did it. I don't know how I was that blessed. Maybe you're right. Maybe all that personal development. I didn't even, I just did it. I'm like, made my LLC. And, you know, actually making an LLC, I don't know if it's just in Ohio or whatever, but it was very simple for me. I don't know. It did not take that long. It sounds more in your head, like more in your head about it than doing it. Like some people ask me, well, how'd you do an LLC? I'm like, I don't know. I just did it. I just did it. And you just got to go to your website and you fill out an application. Yeah. And it's not that money. Yeah, it didn't take that long. I was like, I think I did it all in 45 minutes. Like I came up with my name and everything because my LLC is Tara Helwig Enterprises, but my DBA is Telemont Therapy. So yeah, I'm like, just go for it. And you know, I mean, if you're like me and kind of want to be on the money smart saving kind of side, you know, definitely you could plan your job that you're doing now strategically. And maybe you just have to change it for a while. Like I did, I changed to working in nursing homes to be able to then 
kind of work more with everybody. You know, I work with all ages now, but for a while there, it was mainly like adults. For a while before that, it was mainly kids. So I just, people should just go for it. And if you can, if you don't feel like you can right now, then get, you know, doing some personal development and get around some score of mentors around you, Jenna, and, you know, just link arms. Because I think if, you know, she's going to give you the tools you need and you're going to be successful when you link arms with other people who are already successful. Absolutely. So what does the future look like for you in your private practice? We're, we're coming to the beginning of the next decade. So yes. the time of this recording, it's uh, mid-December 2019. Mm-hmm. What does 2020 and beyond look like for you? Well, I definitely think that it looks like I'll have more, definitely more outpatient, more people knowing about our name. In the works, eventually, I do want to give back to the community where I grew up. And right now that is five hours away, but there isn't a private practice to my knowledge back where I grew up. So we're in between a really, really good hospital, a huge hospital there. And there's a private practice outpatient for physical therapy and occupational therapy, but there isn't for speech. So I just see that in my future. I'm actually talking to score now about what that looks like and the logistics of that. Because obviously trying to build another practice five hours away, there's a lot of logistics with that. And But that's where my family is. That's where a lot of people who know me are. And so I do feel a sense that I need to go go back to my roots and give back there. Like it's crazy because people will even get a hold of me now here in Ohio and see if I can, when I go home or if I can do like some teletherapy, you know, to help with like, their younger son or, you know, their father or their grandfather, anything like I can do. Or, or if when I go home, if they wouldn't mind me doing like a couple therapy sessions. And so it's things like that, that, you know, like, oh my gosh, I really got to give back to where I grew up. So that's kind of like in the longer future, but I do see it happening one day and growing, you know, growing the practice more. I always say my goal is right now I'm in my office. It's kind of small. It's just, we just have one office, like one of the small business buildings here. It's in Kent State Tusk campus. And what it is, it's a whole building for businesses that small businesses are growing and stuff. And so there's two other offices. So I say, oh, one day we'll take over those. But, (laughs) you know, but I'm very fortunate that I got this place. It's just so nice. It's only like, I think three, three years old. And when people come in here, it doesn't feel like a physician's office or anything like that. It's really nice, but it doesn't give people who have like white coat syndrome that feeling. So I do actually have one client who comes to me because of that. Like, don't feel like that. So, and they're like, it's newer. They don't feel like it's moldy or they don't have any, like, I don't know. They said, yeah. So it's interesting that certain people will come to you for different reasons, right? So, so it sounds like they're also just really tied into the business community, which I think is really, really nice. And I love what you said about the space that you're in. I think that a lot of people also, you know, aren't sure where to find clinic space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people, you know, want to have a physical location, but that just seems very overwhelming to people. So do you mind before we wrap up sharing how you found your space? Yeah, sure. So actually through my score mentors, they gave me 
Well, I should go backwards a little bit because I, for a while, actually, and I know not everybody can do this, but when I was looking into my own buying a house, I looked into this one house that had like an office space at the bottom of it. So I converted part of my house into a clinic, but that was also became a problem because even though we had like for employees to come in, there was like a key in system, like a, a code system. Like we didn't have keys to the building. It was just like a code system. And they had their own private entryway and stuff like that. There was still a portion that had like my, the waiting room was also sometimes at night, it was the living room. You know what I mean? It was like the logistics of like the downstairs space. So eventually that got problematic. We did it for like, I think it was like two years about almost not quite two years. And we just needed to find a space, but I was really worried about the cost of this space. Very, very concerned because we're still you know, I, again, I'm looking at trying to keep it, you know, around here, it could be, you could do a thousand dollars a month. And I know some other areas that's probably really might be cheaper end, but for us like that was just, I wasn't wanting to give that. I'd rather give, you know, money. I'm always looking out for my employees and also what we can do for our clients. So uh, my score mentors said, why haven't you, maybe you could talk to the SBA and like, actually small business office down here in New Philadelphia and see what they can do for you to see if there's a space. And right now, like I said, they're at Kent Tusk and Kent State Tusk, there's a building here and see if they have a space for you. So I did get in contact with them. There is three spaces here. One of them is the smallest and that's all we needed so far. It was based on square footage. So and that's one thing, like anybody can get a hold of them and they'll, they can help you find space. And so that's something to know as well. Because I got a really, really good deal. I won't share overall what I pay, but I will share like monthly around what I pay. And I pay like, it's not even $200 uh-huh. a month. Yes. Yeah. And the space is, I mean, it's just awesome. I just love it. We have like huge, huge meeting offices. There's I think four of them here. We have a gigantic kitchen. I also am like to the left of me, there's a patio that looks like over everything so I can play with the kids outside or any of my clients. So like we can do all this different stuff. What a and great setup. It's amazing. And so, yeah, so like I just got really lucky. And then to the left of me, I work, I work next to people who also deal with like security and computers. So if I ever have a question, they help me out. And, you know, it's really nice to like be with those kind of people. And then downstairs for me, we actually work with business called Starlight and they, that department downstairs is in charge of all the kids with disabilities and refers them out to different places. So it's kind of a win-win being here, you know, and actually I had to go through 10 lawyers to be accepted to be in here. And like, it was a really big process because you're going through a university, you know, so they have to make sure like you're a good fit to be in here. So I'm with some really amazing businesses in here. I probably would have like never been on the same level at maybe one day, but like this young in, I feel like I feel very blessed to like be working next to them. And I'm talking to the CEO and the CFO. They always stop in and say hello. And I'm like, you know, like, I feel like I can learn from them, you know, so it's always good to like, talk to them and stuff. So yeah, it was a really big deal getting in here. And I feel so blessed to be in here. It's so nice. It's like back a little bit. And 
it's so safe and it's just, I mean, there's a key card and it's just, you can come in anytime. It's open from eight to five, but obviously because we have a key card and stuff, we can get in anytime. So it's just really, really, really blessed. So, but I definitely recommend that to people is getting in, definitely talking to the SBA and hear you and really, really seeing what they have available. I'm not saying it's going to be like this. I did get a little bit of a smaller room. You might need a bigger room than me and obviously the cost might be different, but still, I mean, it's way lower than what you should probably be paying if you got your own space, you know, by someone that's renting it. You know, the small businesses really want to help you out. So. Well, and I think that, you know, how cool that, you know, a big theme of your story has been cool things kind of falling into your lap, but also that you like did the work to, to get those opportunities to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's interesting because, you know, if I didn't have the business, I didn't have the score mentor and the score mentors came about a year ago, like a little. So, I mean, I haven't had them this whole time. I mean, I started my business in 2014. So as I grew and I started going more full time, I'm like, okay, I need more help. I need more help in this direction. I need more help in that direction. And I think like, try to do, you can try to do as much as you can, obviously, and but you're gonna need those people along the way you know and you're right it does kind of like fall into place everything falls into place because like there's been times this year where actually at the end of the school year I thought you know I was gonna have the same contracts and then you know it's business and you know I did it's not that I did anything wrong the school was going in a change of direction their caseload was different sometimes like I lost a contract but then I gained like four days at another school so it's just like you know, it actually worked out. Unfortunately, it worked out better, but it's good for them. Like it worked out good for them. It worked out good for me. So it's just like, I feel just very blessed that sometimes, you know, things change in business. That's what the cool part is. And, you know, they say in business, it's not, you know, we work a lot, but it's like really about the freedom we get, you know, we work for the freedom. I think that you've really shared some really important lessons with the listeners from, you know, running a a lean close to debt-free operation, to thinking about personal development, thinking about connecting with SCORE mentors and not being afraid to get office space and think about what that could look like. I really appreciate you sharing your entire journey, but I think that those specific things will really be interesting and resonate with people as they start to think about, well, what could work for me, right? What of Tara's story do I think I can now do because she was able to do it? Well, that's good. Yeah, I hope. I hope that for everybody. And this has been so much fun, Jenna. Thank you so much. And um, I really appreciate being on your podcast. You're welcome. So where can people find out more about you? Either website, social media? Sure. So um, televinetherapy.com. And you could also email me at televinetherapy at gmail.com. And um, also on social media, it's Televine Therapy. Every social media, we're on Twitter, all that, Televine Therapy. Um, but if you have any questions, you could definitely email me or you could message me on social media and I'd be happy to answer any of your questions. And yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Tara. This has been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much. Take care. So I hope that Tara's message really resonated with you. 
And, you know, using school contracts is one way to build your private practice. And that's something that Tara has done. And that's something that SLPs with private practices from across the U.S. are doing in order to get that consistency of income and to start to build their names for themselves. And that's one of the things that I cover in one of my trainings, which is about how to get school contracts. So if that's something you're interested in, you can go to growyourprivatepractice.com backslash school. And we outline the entire process of how to get and use private contracts with private schools, public schools, charter schools, and also other kind of school situations. It's led by a woman who's one of the mentors for the Grow Your Private Practice program. Her name is Chanel Lada. She lives in the Big Sky area of Montana. And she talks about getting school contracts as a great way to grow your private practice, especially if your area does not support private pay. So if you're interested in that training, you can go to growyourprivatepractice.com backslash school. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time and yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I want to teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part, these trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com, click start or grow, and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.